Hi everyone, it's Sandy Chong here from the Australian Hairdressing Council and I have got two beautiful ladies with me today, Suzanne and Fiona, and they're from the New South Wales Department of Education. Now there's always questions in our industry about school-based apprentices. So I thought what we would do is ask the ladies to answer some questions so that the industry knows just exactly what is a school-based apprentice. Now these ladies are from the New South Wales Department of Education, however, with the Australian Hairdressing Council, we will make sure that there are resources in our library that it will explain exactly about school-based apprentices for every single state. So we'll make sure that link is there for you. But I just wanted to get some, I guess, some basic questions answered, like, you know, what is a school-based apprentice? How do they work? What do we pay them? Can we give them more hours in the salon, et cetera, et cetera? And what are the expectations? So, um, so Fiona, I might ask you or Suzanne, what is a school-based apprentice? You know, can you explain that for me? Okay, I'll jump in there. A school-based apprenticeship is the capacity for a student to get a kickstart on their career while they're still at school. So a student at the end of year 10 traditionally will approach their career advisor and say, I would really like to work as a hairdresser. They might say to them, are you continuing on to year 12? And if they say yes, the next question will be, have you considered a school-based apprenticeship? So the school-based apprenticeship allows the student to combine part-time paid work, the nationally uh, qualification that they're uh, undertaking with their apprenticeship, as well as their HSC in New South Wales. So they work part their first year of their apprenticeship part-time over year 11 and 12. They do the units of competency associated with the first year of training at TAFE or the whichever training organisation they are with. And then the January after their HSC, they continue with you as a full-time second year apprentice. That is, of course, provided they've met all the requirements of first year. Do you know, we found that with, um, especially with New South Wales, there's a lot of interest in the school-based apprentices, which is fantastic. You know, when I look at the industry, we definitely have this massive skill shortage at the moment. And I will admit that right now, you know, apprentices will not fill that skill shortage. However, we all need to plan for the future of our business and also the sustainability of the industry. And, um, you know, with my own salon, we have always invested in apprentices. And I think that it's a very big part of planning for your business because apprentices are an investment, you know, in your business. They're not someone who should be brought in to just clean, but it's definitely about training. So, you know, my understanding with the school-based apprentice is right from day one, after they've had their induction, that they definitely should be encouraged to learn as much as possible on the job in that time that they're with you. Exactly. And what we encourage is we encourage the students to talk to their um, salon owners that, that what they're doing at TAFE or what they're doing in their coursework, because what's happening in their formal training needs to be reflected on their on the job training. So what they're doing in the salon reflects what they're learning in theory. And that's just a win win. Both are complementing each other. And, and it's what underpins uh, the value of training as an apprentice. So how do we actually get these school-based apprentices? Like, is it a contract, like the yes. like a normal apprenticeship? Like, who do we go and see? What do we So find? basically the procedure that you go through for a school-based apprenticeship is, is not a lot different 
from a full-time apprentice. The big difference is that the employers need to be aware that they are still a school student, that they are more than often under 18 years of age. So the parent will need to be involved as well because they are under 18. The other difference is that for a school-based apprentice, we need the full training plan, not just a training plan proposal. So from when you say, yes, I'd like to take this student on as a school-based apprentice to getting to that formal sign-up meeting, that can take a little bit longer because we do need that full training plan. And we have to organise, or not we, but the apprenticeship centre that the employer chooses needs to organise a meeting where both the parent the apprentice and potentially the school are all available at the same time as the employer to go through the training plan as well as the training contract. Because there's quite a few people involved here that will support this apprentice, I guess. So, you know, we obviously have the apprentice and their parent. Yes. And we have the Department of Education as well. Yes. um, As in state training. So the state training services are under the Department of Education, but we've, we've got the school sector, and I think that's probably the easier way to describe it. So um, while Fiona and I represent the Department of Education as far as public schools go in New South Wales, um, there are other school sectors. So if your um, students either attends a Catholic or an independent school, there will be school sector people that will be able to represent them. So you've got your school sector, um, the Department uh, Training Services New South Wales being the regulator, are there to um, oversee and approve the training arrangement. Um, We've also got your apprenticeship centre that um, handle the paperwork, support you with any incentive inquiries, um, and they submit both the completed training plans and contract to training services for approval. And we have school as well involved, so the careers advisor. And and that's because it is forming part of the student's HSC. So it's important that school, the student's homeschool Um, is aware of what's happening. And again, I feel they play a crucial part in the support network surrounding the school-based apprentice. And um, if I was to employ a school-based apprentice, would I also liaise with that careers advisor as well? That's where you start. And and we recommend that students have a, a discussion with their careers advisor. I feel that they are the ones that know the students best apart from the parents, of course, Um, and they can help support them through the process. We recommend that a student either submit their resume to a salon, um, go for an interview if necessary, because I think it's important for them to go through that process. Um, And then um, what we recommend is that students complete um, maybe a week, at least three days work experience, but that must be organised through the school so that the student's covered under their insurance policy. So being organised through the school, that needs to occur during school hours. So that's that important contact with the careers advisor. And I'm glad you brought that up because um, if we talk about work experience that is organised through a school, which yes. is a great way to try before you buy for both parties. Exactly. Well. Yes. Um, so my understanding that is unpaid. Yes, it must be unpaid um, because otherwise it doesn't meet our insurance requirements. And if I can just clarify for the industry that any other work experience that a salon might offer a young person is actually paid at an assistant level which is a level one if that um, if that employment or that trial is not through a school and there's a lot of confusion there so the work experience through a school 
um, is unpaid, then any kind of work experience that is outside of a school must be paid. And the rate of pay is actually level one and it's salon assistant. There is no unpaid work experience. Um, now, once we actually do employ a school-based apprentice, I know that the rate of pay is 25% above the first year wage. Okay, and I'm happy what we might do is put a link in as well into this WIIFM, just so that everybody does have a link to exactly what a first, sorry, what a school-based apprentice is paid while they're working at your salon. And so if they were coming to your salon one day a week, and they were there for eight hours, you basically pay them for 10 hours, let's say. And if they were working any other days, which is certainly an option, you know, many salons might want to get in their school-based apprentice on a Saturday, that's also paid, but obviously with the Saturday penalties in place as well. Um, but I mean, that, I think it's a really wonderful concept. It is encouraging so many young people to come into the industry. It allows them to also try before they buy. And it means that by the time they finish school, because my understanding is the year 11 and year 12 school-based apprentice goes towards their high school certificate. It does. Yes. It counts as one of their subjects. Yeah. So they're very motivated to make sure that they stay on and that works. And then at the end of that, they, you can actually employ them as a second year apprentice. And well, Sandy, it's actually yeah. when they sign the contract, they're not just signing on for the school-based apprenticeship component. They're actually agreeing to the full apprenticeship. But that this, with the school-based apprenticeship, it's two years part-time to start off with, which covers first year, and then it, it naturally flows on for the rest of it. So the training contract end date will represent that part-time school-based component. Okay. All right. Well, that was really informative. And, you know, I guess I encourage any salon in Australia to take on a school-based apprentice because I think that investing in a young person who will ultimately be part of your business's future, hopefully, is a really, really wonderful thing for our industry. And we certainly need it for our future of the industry, and um, but also to investing in your own business. Um, with my own salon, you know, the majority of my senior stylists were all my apprentices. And um, over the years, we've had school-based apprentices, apprentices and they've done really, really well as well. So, um, but anyway, thank you, Suzanne, and thank you, Fiona, for coming on and just giving that information on SBATs. Um, I know you all call them SBATs because you love acronyms, <laughs> but um, the school-based apprentice apprentices, I think is a really great opportunity for any salon to get in one of those. So I I guess, what would be the advice we would give? Would they, should they contact their local school? Should they contact um, training services to see if there's any aspects out there? What would be the best way to actually source a school-based apprentice at the moment? Um, so how we're working, Fiona and I are actually working with the educational pathways program at the moment where we're working closely with schools but the easiest way if you're, it's not one of the schools that we're working with that we can support you um, to find a, a student that's interested would be to go through um, one of our SBAT offices that are located throughout the state and again we can give you a, a list of those contacts um, through um, uh, the department's website. Alternatively, there's a, um, an expression of interest form that an employer can fill out as well. And that will be automatically directed to your local SBAT officer in our state. Okay, brilliant. All right, well, thank you, ladies. Thank you for all the information. Thank you, Sandy. Really appreciate it. And I know there's always been so many questions about, you know, how does this work? And you've answered all of them. So thank you for your time. More than Thanks, happy to Sandy. do so. Thank you, everyone, for their support.